0: Listen, life is a journey filled with unexpected detours, and most of us have experienced at least one, and maybe more, life-altering pitfalls. How we choose to react and grow from heartbreaks, roadblocks, stumbles, and struggles, well, that's where the magic is created. Tune in twice a month when me, Kathy Talone, asks, and then what happened? You don't want to miss an episode as we go on a fascinating journey with new and old friends sharing their ups and downs on their unique path to personal freedom. I'm so grateful you joined us. Thanks for being here. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Kathy Talone's show. And then what happened? I am so excited for today's guest. She is a woman I met We're trying to figure out, but we're thinking maybe 10 years ago. Her name is Christy Borst, and I am super, super excited to have her. She is an amazing woman with so much to share. Christy Borst's story is a delightful illustration of how life's unexpected twists can lead us home. 10 years ago, as Christy's 55th birthday drew near, she had a flashback memory which revealed her innate abilities as an integrative healer and spiritual intuitive since that time christie's perspective reboot energy healing and behavioral repatterning processes have helped others relief release self-limiting beliefs karmic ancestral burdens chakra blocks and childhood traumas at the root of pain illness and feeling down or stuck christie lives in southern maine serving couples and individuals of all ages she shares, it's never too late to find your spouse, uh, excuse me. <laughs> it's never too late to find yourself, especially if you look with love in long forgotten childhood hiding places, guiding others there and helping them claim their greatest version of self is Christy's passion. Christy Borst, I am super excited for you to be here. Thanks for having me, Kathy. I don't even know where to start. I mean, you talk about in your bio that I just read, Ten years ago, as your 55th birthday drew near, you had a flashback memory. Um, I guess
1: that's where we're going to start. Why don't you share some of that with us? I think I actually need to maybe even like rewind a little farther than that. Um, So what happened for me is that uh, I think probably around 2010, I started getting this sense of, I don't know, I think angst is a strong word, but just this kind of inner turmoil-y feeling, Um, even though, you know, I had the great relationship with my husband, two daughters in high school, um, a, a business that, you know, I've had for Um, at that point I think about 25 years things on the surface were great but something just felt off and I didn't know what it was and I started on this kind of metaphysical quest and I started reading about manifesting and I don't know what the source was but something suggested that the way to manifest is through feelings and so I knew that I like to help people and um, I had had a graphic design and marketing business um, self-employed since I was 27 and I I just focused on that feeling of helping others and I was on a trip with my daughter to Rhode Island to visit my stepmom And as I was traveling down the main turnpike and kind of approaching Kittery, I could see an eagle flying up the river and kind of heading toward the the highway. And there were cars on either side of my van and cars behind us. And as I kind of watched the eagle, it flew and it landed in my travel lane. And I knew I couldn't stop. I knew I couldn't go to the left. I knew I couldn't go to the right. So in my head, I tried to speak to the eagle. And I said, please fly up because I can't avoid hitting you. And it actually started running toward my van. And it it took to flight. And it kind of flew up my van window. And I feel that there was... That was a really significant keystone for me, and it awakened something within me. And within a week of that, I saw an ad in the paper for Reiki. I had no idea what Reiki was, but again, you know, I'm sure you've, you've heard the expression something told me. Something told me I needed to take that class. So I took that Reiki class. Um, I can remember in the class other people seemed more advanced than me. Uh, The instructor kept talking about chakras. I had no idea what she was talking about. Finally, like midway into the class, I got courage and I said, excuse me, but I have no idea what a chakra is. And so she kind of showed what they were. And it's very ironic because now that's kind of the center point of a lot of the work I do. but. I didn't really do anything with that at the time. It just was kind of one of the steps that I went through. And then kind of um, going into 2011, still doing lots of kind of metaphysical reading. I I kind of feel for me, Kathy, it was a a period of almost like deprogramming, Um, getting out of the very mind focused upbringing i had had and getting more into a heart focused way of living
0: sounds like you're on a
1: path but you're you're wondering what's on a other path and it's sort of like i think you know source god the universe whatever you call you know the the kind of grand architect of life serves us like road signs and options for when there's more and better for us but we don't always see those signs because we are kind of we have these blinders on that you know we're on this path and this is our path so i don't know how many signs i missed before that eagle right i'm sure there were a lot um but for me i can remember like one i I don't know if it was the christmas of um 09 or 10 um my husband and my daughters were watching tv and they were like laughing their heads off at this show and i was just sitting there thinking what am i missing this is not funny at all it I was almost like i was between things if you will do you know what i'm saying i do um and so that's when i you know decided okay i well, i'll still be with them but you know thank goodness for the internet i started watching um youtube videos i started you know reading more and that's kind of what i mean by that metaphysical journey of just um breaking out of the literal programming of television um and choosing m- what what was going to serve me better just by starting to trust my own intuition and paying attention when things didn't feel right or I was just trying to fit in too much. I love this conversation and honestly
0: so much of this podcast and my previous guests it it, it's really about that. It's magical. I have goosebumps head to toe honestly because it is almost like taking this detour and you're like, where am I? What is going on? It's almost like a different, uh, like an alternative reality or something, right? And it feels, and I I don't wanna put words into your mouth, but like a sense of loneliness in a way, like hearing you saying that your husband and daughter were laughing at something that you just weren't getting, Wasn't clicking. It's almost, again, your reality is changing just so slightly. And I just want to encourage, you know, everyone who's listening to this program right now, you know, if you're feeling any of these sensations, you know, just go with it. And Christy, I want you to continue to share how this Mm pathway, I'm actually getting really excited to hear this story (laughs) because this is the part of the journey that I feel is, um, Again, it's scary, it's lonely, it's confusing, but it's so magical once you just start going down this path. Do you agree?
1: Yes, and I think, you know, it's it really is about understanding that it's okay to be different. And I think that's probably the biggest deprogramming I had to go through. Um, and I'll explain more about that um later. Um, or that kind of relates more to like my flashback thing but um, you know if, if you've always been told you know either you're not enough you're too much or you know don't be too full of yourself it doesn't leave very much room to be who you're here to be and my true belief is that we each have something unique that brought us here or that was the doorway for our soul to be chosen to be animating a life here. So if we don't dare to be different, we may not actually be not only like serving ourselves, but serving our collective.
0: So what you're saying now is a really, really far call from when you're sitting in your first Reiki class just learning what Reiki is and not knowing what a chakra is. So why don't you you know continue just telling us what happened what happened with the eagle and what happened with this class and I'm just going to let you talk and tell this story because I'm I, I love I'm in amazement I love it. Yeah
1: so I did take you know I did take like Reiki to um, eventually got my Reiki master certificate Um, I think it was either 2000 I think it was 2011 I ended up leaving um, the church I was in because I it just I didn't align with the beliefs anymore Um, I found a a unity church which is um, they don't even call themselves a church it's more of a spiritual community and in that environment of acceptance I really started to thrive more Um, whereas at at my former church I was kind of told I didn't sing well enough to be in the choir at this unity um, they they invited me in I eventually was one of the prime soloists Um, so it, it was so many things Kathy of just like an opportunity would come or I would be moved to, um, search for something online. Like for example, when I, when I wanted to leave my church, I did a Google search for, um, church, one God, you know, a church that believes in one, there's one God. Um, and I found the unity. And when I went there, things clicked. Um, I became a oneness blessing giver through that association Um, that's a or that's a kind of um, attunement similar to Reiki but it's it originated in India and that really I think started to open up more of my um, energy healing abilities I could feel like energy in my hands and I would kind of sit and imagine the earth was in my hands and I would just like run like, love energy around the world because I just felt that that was part of why I'm here is to share love. Um, So this is all, like, half unfolding over, you know, over this course from, like, 2010 to, like, the end of 2012. Mm -hmm. And in my association with Unity, we would have spiritual affairs, I'd have readings. People would say to me, you're a great healer. And I had started healing myself. Um, for example, I was um, cut. I was cutting a lilac bush in my in my yard, and um, in my head, I heard, "You're gonna cut yourself." And I said back to myself, <laughs> or back to this like voice, "No, I'm not." And I go to cut again, and I hear, "You're gonna, you know, get gloves. You're gonna cut yourself." And I'm like, no, I'm not going to cut myself. And I put this, you know, saw on the branch and it just kind of slipped and it cut my index finger. And so I went in the house and I just kind of like squeezed the cut together and put a Band-Aid on it and um, kind of imagined I could heal it. And in the morning it was just kind of scabbed over. It's, it's something that probably should have had stitches, but it healed very quickly But that was kind of twofold in that it kind of showed me I could heal things quickly, but it also showed me that I needed to listen to that voice, especially when it spoke to me in second person. Wow. So that was kind of an opening of two things to my inner knowing or higher guidance and also to this ability to kind of do what, I had been told was not possible to do. That's kind of part of that programming piece I was talking about. There's a lot we can do, but we've told we've been told we can't do it, so we don't believe we can do it. In early um, in early 2013, um, I had a reading out of Spiritual Fair, and instead of saying to me, "You're a great healer," which I always interpreted as this work I was doing on healing myself, I didn't see it as healing other people. Um, It was a Native American shaman, and he said to me, you know you're a great healer, right? And I think I probably like shrugged, shrugged my shoulders. And then he said it again, you know you're a great healer, right? And I still didn't say anything. Um, He did it nine times, Kathy. And after the ninth time, I finally said, well, if I am, I don't know how to get there from here. And he said to me, that's because when you were a child, you did a healing miracle and you scared your parents and they told you to never do it again. And when he said that, I had a flashback memory of that incident. So tell us about it. (laughs) So I was playing hide-and-seek with my brother. I think at the time I was maybe three, and three or four, and my dad had made us this Fort Ticonderoga kind of log cabin little playhouse, and as I went around the corner of the the little playhouse through the door my cheek scraped along one of the like pointy ends on the on the log and it it cut it open and my dad came over and he freaked out and i thought he was mad at me and so i believe that i closed it um throughout my life i have had these flashback memories just a little snippet of being a child standing at that log, holding one hand on my left cheek and tracing this the shape of that log that cut me. And I never really had a context for it, so I didn't know what it meant. So I think that, like, my my higher self or, you know, divine guidance, whatever, whatever it was, something told my child self that I needed to remember this. And so there I was like, you know, kind of remembering or, you know, recording the, the shape of that log and the thing on my face. Um, So everything, it was like, I finally had the puzzle. I had had one piece of the puzzle. So finally got like the other 999 pieces. So I just want to clarify in my mind,
0: while after you cut yourself and your dad came over, you literally healed yourself at that moment and he witnessed it? Yes. And do you recall
1: his reaction to it? What happened then? I just remember you know him being upset and me doing it but I don't remember much after that okay um, and so I did say to the shaman I said you know why did he do that and um, and then I could kind of see okay this was like 1962 ish you know it wasn't the time and place, right? But it kind of shocked me because the shaman said he was trying to control you. And so I kind of said back, well, I'm a grown woman. I don't need to be controlled. Um, My dad had transitioned um, quite a few years before this. I said, I rescind any agreements I made with my dad to shut this down. Um, and we just kind of sat there um, and prayed together and and held that intention. And it really wasn't very long after that, that things started really, really opening up for me. Um, so it is important for us to claim our power, um, whatever that may be. You know, if if you want something, you need to affirm it. You know, if you want to be Um, More confident than say, you know, I rescind any, you know, agreements I made to hold back myself. So in that moment, how did
0: you feel? Were you, was there a sense of loss? I mean, with your dad kind of coming to that understanding that you've been quiet all these years because of that moment, was there... Or were you
1: just in the healing, the presence of the healing moment, so you just went forward with that? How did, how mm-hmm. did I think I was? Frankly, I was like in a state of shock <laughs> before that, right? <laughs> yeah. And at that, at that fair, I had, um, I had signed up to give oneness blessings, and I also had my fractal artwork, and I had, previous to my reading. I had done a oneness blessing on someone. And after my reading, I went back to my space. I was just kind of sitting there trying to process what had just happened. And the woman came up to me and she said, "Um, I just have to tell you, I don't know what you did to me, but you may have noticed I left really quickly. I went to the bathroom to go cry. She says, I haven't been able to cry. For many, many years. So thank you for that release. So it was almost like, okay, this is real. I'm going to go with this. <laughs> um, and so, um, I, I don't think I had anger toward my dad. I really did understand it. Um, I guess it really, um, it made me sad that we had never gotten to talk about it. When I was an adult, um,
0: because, like you said, it was in the sixties. I mean, it—I can imagine how it would freak
1: him out. Yeah, and I think, like, I can remember from school. Like, I think in the fifties they had, you know, the the—I um, think it was McCarthy hearings for, you know, all kinds of, you know, if you if you weren't, you know. That whole Stepford model, you know, you have to be part of the, you know, you have to fit in, right? So here's this healing child. And honestly, I don't think it was my time or place to be the healer. I also think, Kathy, this is like a really important message to people. I think things happen to us in our lives, various things for various people. And it's almost like the higher self sets up this, like, hide-and-seek game for us. Um, Okay, so for Christy, um, you know, she's got this healing gift. We're going to, you know, it's going to get shut down when she's a child. Let's see if she can find her way back. Right. Um, Isn't there a judgmental in any way in how long it takes, really? Isn't there, I'm
0: I'm thinking of, I think it's like an ancient saying or an ancient story or... Anecdotal thing that where would the universe where would God hide our biggest gift right and that's like it's hidden inside of us it's kind of along those lines but I, I also am thinking that you know in in to kind of take your dad off the hook for that you know in the other things that we're talking about here for sure I think it's almost you know spirit's sense of humor because I know, you know, I've been the butt of many of, um, the universes and spirits jokes. (laughs) I know that for sure. (laughs) But again, in your dad's defense, if he needs one or, or not, but so many, I think if that happened even now today in so many families, you know, it, it's still the same whole scenario could play in the same exact way right? I mean, if it happened in my house, I'd be like, awesome, you're a healer, you know, but that's not, that's not normal in every family. It still could be like, oh my God, go to your room, what
1: the heck just happened? So, and I think too, you know, I mean, I don't really blame him and I actually have a lot of compassion for him that, that he held the burden of holding that secret. Oh, that's so beautiful. You know, and he was really, you know, we all act in one another's stories. So he had to play that part in my story. Mm. And on some level, you know, that was maybe contracted with us. Um, So, you know, no, I don't, I don't at all, you know, blame him or or judge him. And, you know, I thank him for, for, you know, helping set up this life that I'm living. Um. And what is that life, Christy? I want
0: to hear more about it because What you're saying from 2010 to 2012, I mean, this feels like a really fast path. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. talk about spirit sense of humor again. Like this sounds between (laughs) finding out from your dad, finding out from the shaman, finding out with the Eagle, you know, going back to that. Like this was a fast track that you were on. I can't even imagine having that Mm -hmm. much, you know, profound information, um, Coming to me, all you know that
1: quickly. So, how did how did that all feel? A lot to process. Yeah, so, I, I think I don't know. I feel like it. I just welcomed it all because it it really kind of like what I, what I, um, you know, was sharing with you before the show and kind of what you mentioned in in the intro is that it was like a homecoming. It's like here, you know, it's almost like although I was happy in my life, although I was by all accounts, by outside view, successful and thriving, like there was something missing. There was something that wasn't on point. So getting this piece of my puzzle was like more of like an aha, okay, this is okay, I get it now. Um, And then I could see things like through my life, like back in, in school when I was growing up, if somebody was upset i was the person that they would go and talk to you know i was that one that was there to you know help lift people or help them you know with their heavy emotions Uh, and that's a big part of what i do now is emotional healing and inner child i call it inner child reconnection because i think for a lot of us um there's a child self that has been told you can't be who you think you are or who you know you're here to be. So put that away. Um, why do you think uh, that is? C- Does it just make people uncomfortable? I think it makes people uncomfortable, but it's also still about that conformity that our generation and these generations that are coming in, you know, obviously we're breaking that we're breaking that model because it's, it's broke. Well, we're not breaking it. It's already broken. Um, so we're being called to be, you know, our true light, um, our true selves, um, serving, you know, serving one another. Um, spirit kind of shared with me this past year, like we're lifting one another. It's not, you know, it's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's all of us. Like, there's so much abundance in this world that we just have to think about the collective more. So, so what happened for me, which was, you know, really also kind of, it was traumatic at the time, but it was a blessing, is that prior to this, um, you know, the start of 2013, my husband was very sick. Um, He had a skin condition, he had been to dermatologists, he had been to skin specialists in Boston. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with him. So they had him on basically chicken and salads and he was also taking prednisone. So he was so bloated. Um, He was sleeping a lot uh so kind of after this whole thing kind of opened up um i said to him um so allegedly i'm a healer (laughs) so will you let me try to heal you and he said yes and um i worked several sessions on him he started getting better um he got off the prednisone and He, you know, could eat anything he wanted um, because there was an emotional wound um, that was actually the root of what his physical condition was. And that's part of the information that comes to me is what the underlying unease is that's at the root of the disease. So that whole illness was almost like a blessing for us because it allowed him to understand what was happening with me and to and now he's like you know a thousand percent um a supporter of me because he knows that it's real and it works wow so so
0: that was like your coming out party in a sense to him <laughs> right yeah yeah so in a lot I of pressure right Yeah, I can imagine that that's also, you know, for me, putting myself in your shoes, I'm thinking like, wow, this is kind of, you know, a huge test for myself as well. You know, can I really do this? Can I actually show somebody who would, you know, otherwise be maybe distrustful of this information? Can I show them that this works? Did you have that kind of those emotions? I don't think I did. You just were so confident in yourself.
1: Yeah, because I think... I had, you know, as I mentioned before, that kind of learning to trust that inner voice or inner knowing and my intuition. Um, So basically what happens when I'm doing healing work is that I go to the space within myself where I am connected to everything because we're all connected. And so that's part of the um and i know you've heard the expression getting out of your own way Mm -hmm. so it's like getting out of your head getting out of the rules you know like a lot of the science rules we were taught growing up they're not really real you know we can change um we can change our bodies at a cellular level we can change them at a quantum level through our awareness and our intention. And in fact, we're changing them every moment unconsciously by self-limiting beliefs and, you know, old stories that we tell ourselves. So I think I trusted, you know, that kind of connection to divine, um, source healing. Um, and I figured, you know, what, what would it really hurt if I didn't try? You know, I I hated seeing him in so much pain, for sure. Um, But that's, you know, on the other hand, there's been so many people, Kathy, that have rejected me. That, you know, don't believe what I'm saying, even though I've been doing this for 10 years and have, you know, hundreds of people that I've worked with, and that's okay. You know, again, you talked earlier of, does it make them uncomfortable? you know, maybe it does make them uncomfortable because they are here to be more, but they're not ready. And that's okay. And that
0: goes back to you talking about, you know, directly or indirectly about your dad's journey in the part that he's playing, right? Mm -hmm. Not everybody is on our path and not everyone is, you know, at the same place in in their journey as we're on in our journey. It's, It's... yeah, it's all so fascinating, Christy. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about um, the types of healings you do. Maybe, what's your husband's name? Joe. Like maybe some of the healings that you did on Joe that uh, if if you find that relevant to share, um, maybe how it's evolved. You know, I'd love to hear more about the healings and the actual process that you take people on who have dis-ease and illness mm-hmm. because of the programming <clears throat> you know um yeah share share with everyone listening right now because it's it's pretty profound especially if you're new to this concept you know so if you could unpack a little bit of that kind of show it show it to us
1: it's it's hard to kind of generalize because um i almost see myself as like an instrument and so um the instrument is adaptable for what the client needs. So, um, for some, for like for someone, um, well, I guess I could I could use like a, a session as an example. So usually, what happens when I when I work with someone is I have an intake form that lists really basic information, but um, shows me where on the body they have a concern, and. Um, I don't know how many people have heard of Louise Hay, but she was a pioneer energy healer in making the connection between uh, the body part and what the underlying emotional component of that disease might be. So for many things, it's almost quite literal. So for example, if you walk around pissed off a lot, you may actually have a lot of UTIs. Um, if you, uh, let me think of another one. Um, well, for myself, um, here I was like living most of my adult life, not really seeing who I'm here to be. And I actually had cataract surgery when I was 45 Mm. because I had, you know, gotten that cloudy lens. So it's amazing, Kathy. How almost literal the connection is between what the illness is and what the underlying energy or belief is that you need to shift. So um, so a lot of times, just as I'm reading that form, the information will come through to me about what it is I need to work with the client about and and help them to become aware of that they're that they're thinking either unconsciously or consciously. Uh, and then at, then after you know, um, I go through that intake form with them, I get like a Reader's Digest view of what their childhood was like. Because again, as they're talking about that, sometimes I'll see them at a younger age and know that that part or that age we have to work with. Um, or when they're actually um, on the table, I use a massage table, but people stay fully clothed. Or if we're working over the phone, I just imagine that we're together in person um, and I can connect in with them. So so the information comes through to me. I'm transferring information to them energetically, telepathically, kinetically. So this is going
0: to be a, a really tough kind of concept, I think, for some some people listening right now, right? Because, again, a lot of um, people are on this path, you know, they might be starting out with that kind of feather. You know, I I like to think like spirit shows you a feather and then it's, you know, maybe you trip and then you spill coffee on yourself. Right. And it keeps on going until either a Mack truck hits you or an (laughs) Eagle is literally in your path. Right. And it's like, wake up. So being on this path, sometimes you know, so many women that I've spoken to being a transformational life coach and all, they're on this path. And again, they, they don't know why. It's just that tap, tap, tap on the shoulder. But they may not be at how you can telepathically speak to someone to heal them. Mm. I want to just bring it back a little bit to what you said about the childhood, because I've had so many conversations, again, with... You know, women who may not quite be there yet and don't necessarily fully understand the connection between the paradigms, the mindsets, the belief systems, all of these things that happened when we were young, and how they integrated, number one, in our body, in how our behaviors continue to manifest what
1: we don't want can you speak to that I I I know you can will you yeah so sure so I I don't know if this is a little bit off point but this is the example that's coming to my head Um, so there was a woman that came to me for a session uh, because she was just really stressed out and so when I was working on her Um, I got to her right hip and I heard father. And so I said to her, do you have, you know, a relationship with your father? And she says, well, I do now, but I, it wasn't very good when I was a teenager. And, um, I said, so is there anything going on with this hip? And she said, yes, I've been training for a triathlon and that hip is like really hurting. When we're young and we're disempowered, we don't have the power to speak back to our parents, or, you know, we're not allowed if they're angry to be angry back, that emotion can basically be stuffed or pushed down into our body. And so for her, those years of being thwarted by her father, that anger had been pushed into that hip. So that's kind of like one example. When we've basically swallowed or pushed down or stuffed away emotion, it actually can block the flow of energy of our spirit, of, our, of the spiritual aspect of you know the breath that breathes us in the physical body so that the physical body cannot repair itself naturally. Um, similarly, if we were told, uh, let me think of another example. As a child, um, you'll never amount to anything. You know that's probably an a extreme, um, dysfunctional no, message I, that a parent could give a child. But
0: mm-hmm. no, I think that's a really a, a great kind of example. You're never going to amount to much, or who do you think you are? Or what are you, stupid?
1: Like that kind of language, right? All of those, right? So all of those, I almost think of them as 8-track tapes. They're there in our mind, you know. Until we become aware of them, and sometimes it takes watching for them, Um, they can be running us. They can be Um, skewing our decisions and skewing our choices but once we know that they're there then we have the power to choose not to engage with them and if they've played over and over and they just constantly make us feel bad about ourselves or feel unhealthy or you know limit um, our expansiveness or our you know foothold on success then then we can start to change it. So it is important to understand or to look at these places that we may have he- he- hid our power as a child. Because
0: as a child, we literally have no other resource except to, to believe the people in our life, more specifically our parents or guardians, right? So if they're saying something, we like you're saying, we're... We're going to absorb that and 100% believe it,
1: right? It becomes true. And the marvelous part of it all is is that I believe that we didn't come here to just be another generation that mimes that story out to our children. We came here to heal it. So we can actually see that program and we can say, you know, that's not the truth of who I am.
0: Talk a little bit more about that. I think this this conversation is so fascinating, and to be able to share this and like literally just hold this up—that's that's how I imagine it, holding it up to you know the friends who are listening to this um, to our conversation right now and say, you know, this is real, and no one's wrong, no one needs to be bad, no one needs to be punished. But this is just. This is what happens. You know, our parents and the people in our life, they did their best and we're
1: left with this eight track tape in our head. I think even just like picturing like your lineage, like standing behind you and just saying, you know, I know you did your best. I know you struggled with this too. I'm gonna do this for us. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break that. I'm gonna break that cycle. I'm the one that was chosen. I I take, you know, I take the challenge, you know. I'm going to do this. If you were to, which you are right now,
0: speaking to, you know, a large audience, what do you feel like some of the easy um less resistant steps are once you start wanting to explore this subject of looking back? At our childhood and some of the programs and paradigms that we've, you know, accepted as true. What what would you share with everyone listening right now on some really, really great steps to move forward?
1: I think there's a, um, there's a phrase that Spirit shared with me that I, I find is so powerful. And that is awareness equals the power of choice equals the power to change. So... I like to suggest people imagine there's like a um, a drone that they can kind of fly in above their heads and just watch what you're thinking. Without any judgment, without any criticism, just watching, you know, this is what I call awareness, just watching what you're thinking. And when you start to make note of these kind of negative programs, Debbie Downer voice, just make a note of it. And as you become more and more aware of it, then you can kind of expand that awareness to a place of power and say, okay, I know I've been just kind of letting this voice have its way, you know, for all these years, And that hasn't taken me where I want to go. So what if I make a different choice? So when I see that um, voice or when I hear that voice come back again, um, again, a powerful um, retort is just, you know, that's not the truth of who I'm here to be. Um, Or I'm going to make a different choice and then look at another choice you can make in that situation. Um, we are running unconscious thoughts and programming in ourselves all the time. So when we can start to vocalize out loud positive things, that's really, really powerful. So not just, you know, countering uh, um, a thought with another thought, but speaking out loud. and most of us haven't heard our name spoken um, in a positive way. So um, if you hear, you know, oh, you, you can't do that or you're not going to succeed at that, you can say, Kathy, you've got this. I believe in you. You know, and so it's little things like that that can really make a huge impact. At first, it can seem like a lot of work, just watching yourself and um, kind of shutting down that programming. But then it becomes more and more diffused, and it's less, it, it happens less often. So you mentioned, of course, we we're talking about your father and that
0: one specific incident. But did you have a lot of work to do yourself personally to get to where you are now? What was what was that road looking like?
1: Well, I am a work in progress, as I think we all are. And I don't think we should ever have the goal of being done, because I think if we're done, then we're not going to be in this physical body anymore. You know, I am still healing from things I went through as a child. Um, I'm still watching for ways that I can heal those childhood wounds. Um, in fact, I just participated um, this, like in the last few months in a collaborative book pro- um, program, or book project, sorry, called Unmuted Voices, and in that, um, my chapter, I called it The Vibe to Thrive, I explored some of the um, situations I went through in which, you know, more and more parts of myself were blatantly shut down. So I think like as a child, a lot of times we do take the path of least resistance and, you know, it we think it brings us less pain, but in the long run, or, or not really aware of how much we may be losing in that process. So doing that chapter for that book actually showed me how I've been operating with like an ancestral program of shoulds, how I should treat my elders, um, the respect I should give my elders, even if those people are not respecting me.
0: Um, so interesting. Can you can you just share a little bit more that that specific personal journey? I think that's really important. In in what way, Kath? Um, I guess reclaiming your power. That's what I'm hearing right now is reclaiming your power from your ancestors who you felt like you had to, you know, respect in a certain way to give up your power. So. Um. Okay, I understand. How did that show light? Yeah, I I just love these personal stories, you know, to share. I
1: think for me it's like there's been maybe um, a lack of um, approval or um, acceptance or even um, being loved in a way that I feel maybe would be supportive of me um, coming from my maternal bloodline. And so even the fact that I didn't really, like, name it, I guess, allowed it to perpetuate. Um, So I think through this writing process, I became aware that I was in this, um, in this belief that I had to please, um, this part of my family who have never really, I shouldn't say never, who have rarely, um, supported me or valued the things that make me who I am so it gave me really the freedom to say you know what it's okay that they don't understand or they don't um, see me that way but I'm not going to give my energy to seeking that approval because I first of all I don't have control over whether it's ever going to come. And I really kind of realize now it's probably never going to come. And secondly, when I'm so focused on the people who are not loving me in a comfortable, thriving way, my energy is not going to the people who are loving me and supporting me. So this is a, a really huge thing that happens for a lot of people. It's a really huge thing. It's a really huge
0: thing. And I know that I do have men listening to this, but I you know, I'm a woman and I work with woman, women women. Um, but the unworthiness, right? And the the people pleasing, I believe they go, you know, that hand in hand. Uh, because if we're not pleasing someone who we want to please, then we're feeling unworthy of their love. And we uh, we stop there. We're, we stop
1: there. Um, right. and and some people are never pleased. So how so it's it's an elusive. It's like the carrot is, you know, the carrot is there in front of you, but the stick just keeps getting longer because you have no control over what that other person does. And so what I'm seeing right now, Chrissy, I love this. Because
0: I literally had this conversation with a friend last night. So the person who is, let's say, hurting or judging, right, whether it's a maternal grandmother or a mother, whoever that person is who is not abundant with their love, And they're they're not unconditional. You know, they're conditional (laughs) with their love. They are hurting so much as well, right? Because this is passed down. This is generational. Exactly. But yet we continue to take this on like it's us, like it's our issue, like something is broken inside of me that is making others you know, not love me. I am unlovable or whatever the word is. I am untrustworthy. I am ugly. I can't sing, right? Any of those things. But this is something that has been taught from others who have been broken. Mm. And that's what you're talking about, breaking the cycle, right? So we're not passing it down to
1: our children. It's interesting because I just, my latest blog, um, and this is recorded in in February of 2023 is um about not pushing the pain onto the next generation and that's exactly right that's what's happening here and so I feel that our best um our best recourse if you will is to love that parent unconditionally and yet not be ruled by whatever their um lack of you know lack of being on the same pages and it
0: seems counterintuitive right because we need to be healed I have a hole in this part because it was never yeah I mean we we continue to create so many stories around why this happened and why the dynamic of this piece of the relationship I mean, you must see that, right? Because clearly people are coming for you to to help heal them in this process,
1: I imagine. Right. But we can heal that. We can heal that void by loving ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you look at something, a belief, for example, that says you're not worthy of love, if you are vibrating that, you know, it's it's a thought pattern, it's a vibration, it's a uh, energy, then there's a part of you that's amplifying the void in a negative way. So as you can say, you know, again, this is not the truth of myself, um, I am choosing to love myself, then you can break that cycle and you can start to fill that void. And what I like to tell people is, especially people that feel in this moment they cannot love themselves. Think back or look back at yourself to the youngest version of yourself, the youngest age of yourself, that you think got that message, "Uh, you are not worthy, you are not lovable, and love on that part of yourself, whether it's, you know, a baby, whether it's a one-year-old two-year-old five-year-old whatever and really start at that point loving yourself because who can't love a baby and a child right Mm -hmm. and it can be so empowering and so healing because I do believe we heal almost like this from the inside out or from you know from the oldest part or the youngest part of ourselves to the current part of ourselves and I believe that when we came into human form we as a spirit or as a as a vibration or whatever you want to call like that breath that breathes us we knew exactly who we were here to be we knew our gifts so as we can heal the child self more of that information comes to us. So
0: what if in, again, I see this, you know, in friends in previous relationships in even myself, what you're saying is one direction, but staying still and saying, I understand what you're saying, Christy, but this hurts me too much. My mother did this. You know, it's again, that reinforcing of the story. What would you say to that person who said, but you just don't understand that
1: my mother or my father, you know, this is my story. When you're in that perspective of this is my story and, you know, this hurts, then you are an actor in that story. If you can look at the story and say, okay, this is my story. I stepped into it. What if I in this is this is kind of more of an advanced like spiritual concept, but if I think of myself as an eternal being having a human experience and I came here to help heal this story for my lineage, then I have to see that. I am part of the creation of the story. So in that perspective, I am more the set designer, the director, um, the stage lighter. And so I can jump from being just the actor to have more power in the story. So I see the story, the story chose me pain, uh, story brought me pain. I don't want to be in that pain anymore. So I'm going to kind of rise above the pain and start to make new choices. Does that make sense, Kathy? That makes complete sense. Not, not easy,
0: right? Not simple, but yes. um, yeah. So So again, for everyone listening, this is what's going on for someone who's listening to this story right now to our conversation. Where do you catch people? So I'm walking, and I I know that I, I now I have the awareness, right? I had the eagle in front of me. I have this awareness. I start to feel the universe tapping me on the shoulder. I'm starting to see some patterns in my life that are causing me distress, which um, now I'm understanding it's causing me disease and some illnesses. Where do you catch people, Christy, with your line of work?
1: Really, um they have to be at the point of not wanting to just be the actor anymore on it, not wanting to just, um, be suffering and also not, um, expecting to be fixed because this is like, we each have to do our work, you know, like I can't control, um, What someone else is thinking after they leave me. um, I can help them become aware of these thoughts that they need to change but if they're not willing to change then you know that's their free will component. So you know it could be anywhere from just I feel stuck and I don't know where to go or I am having this physical pain or, you know, I know there's things that happen that it's time for me to process and move forward from. There's really a myriad of things that I can kind of support people through. In what's in... Oh, excuse me. I just was gonna say, and my really um, philosophy is that I am not looking to have people become dependent on me. I see us as equals and I want to empower people to step forward, to step, you know, to there more and better.
0: And that literally was the question I was just going to ask you. What is the general, and I hate speaking in general, generalizations, but what is the general time frame that you work with people? You know,
1: what, how many sessions I, or years or? Yeah, it really does depend on the person, but um, I have a three-session package which really can um, really start to get things shifted like have a lot of people that say that they feel like a totally different person after that Um, and then maybe they'll come back every six months or a year kind of thing Um, other people if they've got a really serious disease um, skin disease autoimmune disease are both um, illnesses of deep self-loathing. And, um, so those can take longer.
0: Do you work with, do you work with patients, people, clients, um, with, let's just like transformational coaching. Do you do transformational coaching or is it just like an energetic healing?
1: I do do transformational coaching. I would kind of call it more spiritual counseling because I can kind of connect into some of the past life information or kind of help them see patterns or parallels between what they're experiencing and maybe, like, what, what their stories were about their parents so that they can see their place of power, where, you know, maybe what they saw as a challenge is actually their opportunity. You know, I think I can speak for you on this.
0: Just encourage everyone if you have not heard of Louise Hay or um,
1: it, grab her book. Or it, it, she's passed away, but she um, she was really source list on my on my um, website, and I think she's on there. It's the book I used when I first started. It's called Heal Your Body, and it tells you kind of the connection between the body parts. In one of my pivotal books, kind of in that space as
0: well as um carolyn miss or mice and it was anatomy of spirit and that really opened my awareness up to so much um in a in a similar way so again just encouraging everybody to follow the path right and pick up the book that's you know
1: in front of you that's calling out to you just be open you know open to the road signs that are calling you to more and better and and also like nudging you to look inside. You know, I do believe that a lot of these um, things that we've labeled as challenges or shadow spaces or darkness or, you know, pain, they actually are gateways to um, finding really more of ourselves. You're not controlling the world. I'm not controlling the world. There's a grand plan, a higher architect, and to have faith in that plan and to try to stay in that vibe of love and peace because, you know, we never know when our last day is on this earth, and I personally would rather, you know, kind of leave an energetic footprint on this earth of peace and love rather than fear and hate. Um, so that's a, another good way to kind of um, look at it. What kind of emotional or energetic footprint am I going to, you know leave as I walk across this earth? You know, what is that what is that energy gonna look like while I'm here and after I'm gone? I love that. I am one hundred percent gonna use that. I love that.
0: I'm gonna put that right in my toolkit. Thanks, Christy. Sure. yeah. Yeah, well, how can, how can people get in touch with you, Christy?
1: Point us in the direction to find you. <laughs> my, my business I called Healing Resonance, which I basically feel is that energy that's flowing through me as me, um, from source, from God, from the universe. So my, my business is called um, Healing Resonance with Christy Borst. An easy URL to mention online is www.healyourlife.us and uh, I have an online booking system on my website. I've got the blog which I mentioned. Um, There's free videos on there to help people. Uh, There's also a page called Christy's Likes, which is kind of those resources with some books and um, other things that can help people along their their path. And your book that you mentioned, The Unmuted? Yep, so I have actually I've been in two books. The first one was called Be the Beacon, and uh, in that one I kind of talk about my awakening to my healing gift. And then the second one, which I don't have on my website yet, but it is available on Amazon, is called Unmuted Voices. And my chapter in that is called The Vibe to Thrive. And I've just recently started a um, twice a month group healing program called The Vibe to Thrive. And each month I'm doing um, two energy sessions. One is kind of on a, um, well, they're all in a topic that comes to me for that month. For example, for February, it was um, connecting more fully to love. And I do one that's a, a kind of a circle with individual attention to each person. And then the second one in the month is to integrate that and kind of see where people have had any problems integrating that and help with that. Amazing. So lots of opportunities to connect and to whatever level people wish. Yeah.
0: And if anybody has any questions, do you have a Facebook page or an
1: Instagram page? And you have a giant yeah, website. Have Mm-hmm. I do have both. I have the um, Healing Resonance with Christy Borst um, is on Facebook. I think the it's forward slash Healing Resonance LLC. Um, same thing on Instagram. All
0: right. Well, I encourage. Thank you, Christy. I encourage everyone if you are feeling disease, discomfort, illness, if you are feeling called to Christy Borst, I highly, highly encourage you. Um, I've worked with Christy in the past. Uh, My son has actually met with Christy in the past, and she is an amazing healer. She is uh, a gifted intuit, and I am so grateful, Christy, that you took time out of your vacation, out of your Time with your husband to share this with me and my guests.
1: Thank you, Kathy. As spirit shares, we're lifting one another. So it's you know, in healing one, we heal the whole. So it's
0: it's all good. I'm just gonna take that little tidbit right there. I think that's just such a beautiful energetic, you know, um, piece right there. So Thank you again so much, Christy. I look forward to the time that we see each other up in New England, hopefully when it's not so cold. And I'm also going to, if you would um, share a um, few pictures, we didn't talk about your artwork, and your artwork is um, so magnificent. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe you can just send me a couple pictures of that, maybe with some descriptions or a way that you know everyone can find that. And
1: um, okay, perfect. Yeah. And I do want to just postscript to, you know, that talk about just being worried at this time. There's a really powerful um, um, phrase that came f- through from, from Spirit, and that's just, all is well. All is well. So just, you know, whenever you feel in that panicky state, just, you know, hear your inner higher guidance saying, all is well. Thank you for that.
0: Thank you for sharing yourself, Christy. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the rest of your vacation. You're welcome, and thank you so much. And thank you to our allied guests for being here for another episode of And Then What Happened. Thanks, Christy.